The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. He replied, What do you wish me to do for you? They answered him, Grant that in your glory we may sit one at your right and the other at your left. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink, or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? They said to him, We can. Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right or at my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at James and John. Jesus summoned them and said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you will be the slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. Many years ago, I was the postulant director for my community. And so I was the one placed in charge of forming young men who had just come from the world and were beginning religious life. And I would meet with these men individually about once a week just to speak with them and just to find out how they were doing and what they were struggling with. And all of these men were very passionate. They were very idealistic. And they were very sincere. But they were also very young. And 
as I began to meet with them regularly and get to know them more deeply, I began to notice that most of their struggles, whether it was in the ministry, whether it was in prayer, or whether it was in fraternal life, but most of their struggles occurred because they kept running into themselves. They simply couldn't get out of the way. They would be frustrated in prayer if they were not being consoled. Or if prayer was not going the way they thought it should be. If the poor that we were serving did not seem interested in them, then they would pull back and show little interest in them. If another brother thought differently or didn't see them the way they viewed themselves or the way their family or their friends did before they entered religious life, they were quick to dismiss the other brother. When I hear the gospel today, particularly when I hear James and John, I am reminded of these conversations with these young men. Yes, they were chosen by the Lord. And yes, they have given up a lot to follow him. And yes, even where they are right now is a privileged place. But they still have a long way to go. And the reason why I say that is because it is obvious that their gaze is not fixed entirely and purely on Jesus. They have one eye on Jesus and one eye on their own glory. Today they say to Jesus, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Quite honestly, they sound like children telling their parents what to do as if they know what's best.
What are the disciples lacking in this stage of their relationship with the Lord? They are lacking, essentially, the gift of contemplation. In the Catechism, there's a a very simple paragraph that is so beautiful and so profound. It's paragraph 2715. And it says that contemplation is a gaze of faith fixed on Jesus. And then it says that this focus on Jesus, this gaze upon him, is the renunciation of self. Because we are looking outward at him and away from ourselves. And then it says so beautifully that this gaze purifies our heart. This is what the disciples are in need of today. And it's what we're all in need of. Thomas Merton once said that without a humanity shaped by contemplation, we will have nothing to give others. Imagine if James and John stayed here, at this place, with this attitude, with this disposition. John would have never been able to write his gospel without the gift of contemplation. Can you imagine what life would be like without the Gospel of John? James would have never been able to be the first apostle martyred were there not a profound deepening that occurred in him. In other words, contemplation, this deepening of our prayer life, of our relationship with the Lord, is necessary for us, but also for the world. What is the greatest aid for us? in the life of contemplation. The reality is there are many, 
But in my own opinion, and in my own experience, the greatest aid for us is the presence of Mary. And for the simple reason, it's because Our Lady is always turning us in the direction of her Son. She is always fostering this contemplative posture in us that enables us to stop running into ourselves. And to run into him. In the life of the disciples, there is a dramatic shift that occurs. And we experience this every liturgical year. On Good Friday, Peter and all of the apostles, except John, have abandoned Jesus. They have betrayed him. They have run away. And then on Easter Sunday and following Easter week and all of Easter season, we hear about how these same disciples are now preaching everywhere without fear. They are literally different people. And of course, the grace of the resurrection, the gift of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, transformed these men. But also, a large part of that change came because they were being mothered by Mary. When Mary is given to John at the cross and all of the disciples, when Mary is with the apostles in the upper room at Pentecost, and every place and every day in between those events, who did the disciples turn to? but Our Lady. It was Mary who was turning the disciples away from their fears, from their anxieties, and turning them toward her Son. This month of October, the church always celebrates as the month of the rosary. And it's interesting that four of the last six popes, Paul VI, John Paul II, Benedict XVI, and Francis, have all spoken and written of the rosary as primarily a prayer of contemplation.
for the simple reason that in the rosary Our Lady is doing what she always does turns us in the direction of her son. As we prepare this day to receive Jesus in the Eucharist, let us ask Our Lady to help us to fix our gaze entirely and purely on her Son. 